couple shots before we get started with the podcast. Okay. You are listening to Black and Behind the Scenes. All right, and we're back. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Antoinette. And I'm Brittany. And this is Black and Behind the Scenes. So, Brittany, how's your week going? The week is going well. How about yours? Not too bad. Um, I actually switched out my um, summer clothes today. Because mm. I had a feeling that I think the temperature is going to start dropping and fall's coming. So, mm. you know, I switched out a little bit. So, you were productive. I guess, yeah, that's what you can say. Um, all from work, bored. Yeah, productive. Well, first of all, first of all, <laughs> y'all, it's Antoinette's birthday today. No. <laughs> so, happy birthday. Thank you. I don't know why she's doing work on her, switching out fall clothes. Yeah, yeah. On her birthday. I celebrated Saturday, though, with my okay. family. So okay, okay. We had a fish fry over the house, so that was fun. That's so, yeah. So. Okay, okay. Today, I just chilled. They did what I wanted to do. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. <laughs> That's what you wanted to do, so y'all did it. But, y'all, it's her birthday, so yeah. everybody send her birthday love on Instagram at Black and Behind the Scenes. Because she deserves some love today. Thank you. Thank you. I feel so special. Oh, my gosh. So, what's up? What we got going on today? All right. So, industry rundown, guys. Some cool little topics that we had to talk about. Um, Susie Orman, um, if you guys don't know about her, she is one of the top motivational speakers in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, She recently taped a show at the Apollo entitled Women and Money, in which she develops people... First philosophies and achievable path to financial freedom and security. So with that, the reason why I brought this up was because I think it's really important for our community to kind of get um, a great understanding of financial freedom and what that is. And a lot of times we don't talk about um, money within our community and how to achieve, you know, financial freedom, grow investments, money, just the, the whole discussion around money itself. I don't think that we talk about too much. So this is a great introduction if you've never um, been introduced to this kind of a plan of financial freedom. Right now, I currently am on the Dave Ramsey plan, and it it's kicking my ass, uh, to say the least. I've done Dave Ramsey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why my summer sucks, so I, c- I couldn't do anything. But it'll pay off in the long run, you know? Um, but yeah, so Susie Orman, she will be... Um, so she taped this, and this will premiere on OWN, Monday, October 1st at 8 p.m., so, um, you guys tune in, pay attention. This is a great class for you to like listen to to kind of get your, like I said, your first steps and kind of the financial talk and like start those conversations. That's cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, so next up, I found this story interesting. Also, that Ticketmaster and Comcast are partnering to allow Xfinity One customers to request concert tickets through their television using their X One Voice remote. Have you heard about that, Brittany? I have not. So I found this very interesting because I've heard a few years ago um, that television is going to be more interactive and how they're going to try to integrate and get audience um, more integrated into participation for ads and commercials so that you can say you're watching a Dove commercial or something on TV, you can automatically order your Dove bar soap um, from the television as you're watching which is similar to kind of what's happening with this um, Xfinity One voice remote and um, how they're going to do it for their first um, 
I guess, test of this is the launch of the voice coach Kelly Clarkson's 2019 tour. So basically all you have to do is to say Kelly Clarkson into your X1 voice remote and it automatically buys your tickets through the Ticketmaster website for her concert. What? Yeah. So again, like it's more so of this integration, this like easier access to get um, to your products or to get people to buy as soon as possible. I guess also to help ticket sales and make it easier for people to buy tickets to shows and things like that. So I found that interesting and not really surprising because NBC is currently hosting The Voice or they shows The Voice and that's owned by Comcast. So, so it's wait, kind of all So together. you have to, mm, I don't know, that could get a little dicey. How so? How do you think? I don't know because maybe I just want to Google the cat. Don't automatically <laughs> purchase my tickets. Maybe I just want to see what's out there. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I do get that because you can negotiate prices and find out StubHub or these other locations where you can get tickets. But I don't know how, I don't know whether this is also going to help um, regulate people buying tickets all at once. Kind of how they do, how other big companies buy tickets yeah, at once. Yeah, like the and then try to re- and stuff Yeah, like that. and resell them for different that prices. Makes sense. Now, if, if it can help put a regulation to that, mm-hmm. then that would be most helpful. But, um, yeah, like if they gave some type of exclusive pre-sale. They should. I would, I would imagine mm-hmm. sell, you know? Mm-hmm. You would think. So kind of like how they do with other, like... Um, how you can get albums on your phone automatically depending on what who you subscribe to, like Verizon or, you know, Sprint or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they do have those exclusive mm-hmm. deals. Well, we'll see yeah. um, when the Kelly Clarkson tour. Yeah, in uh, 2019. In 2019, when that kicks off, uh, I will be interested to see the numbers on how many people purchase tickets through right. the voice remote. Yeah, and I think with their audience that they're trying to get with Kelly Clarkson, it's a it's a little up there. So, um, yeah, these people should have cable. <laughs> my, my, these are not cord cutters at all. Who was going to a Kelly Clarkson show? No shade, but yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I see that. Okay, all right, all right, guys. And next on the plate that we have um, is basically an overview of the Emmys. So, yeah. one thing that that was shocking to me um, is that HBO and Netflix tied with the most Emmy wins last week. Um, well, so, okay. Not technically. Well, okay, so if you can, if you count, um, the technical pieces of it, so not, um, just programming, Mm -hmm. then yeah, they tie. But if we're talking about programming, Mm -hmm. Netflix won. Oh, Mm -hmm. really? Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. No, 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 no. (laughs) Netflix outbeat. Okay. um, outbeat uh hbo um and all the other networks for programming wow oh they didn't say that okay yeah they wouldn't say that and i'm gonna tell you guys why they wouldn't say that in a minute (laughs) so yeah and also with the emmys regina king won outstanding lead actress for seven seconds which was a netflix series that was unfortunately canceled but um yeah we were all shocked that she won because the series was canceled but she did an amazing job on the series itself so um yeah she was she was outstanding and mm-hmm. she deserved that emmy absolutely she, she acted really well um and it's unfortunate that that series has been canceled so yeah. maybe they uh it must have it couldn't have been a ratings thing maybe yeah it had to have been something maybe. with the with the um production company Pop, that yeah. that made it I'm hoping so because 
I thought everyone acted really well in the program. Yeah, they I did. thought it was good. They did. And it was although some people thought it was initially too slow. I, I mean, I'm one of those people. It's kind of too slow for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it was I slow. liked it. It was one of my favorites. So um, maybe they might bring it back. You never know. Maybe they it's should. possible. They should. You know, one of my favorite things about that um, moment was Leslie Jones. Oh yeah. Um, reaction to mm-hmm. it, like. I love when black. I love to see black women genuinely be supportive yeah. and encouraging and mm-hmm. endorse and be Absolutely. like enthusiastic about each other's wins because it's like you deserve it. There's a seat at the table for all of us. Yeah, for all of us. Mm-hmm. There's room for all of us to win. Absolutely. You know, so I really love seeing her be like super excited Regina King was like really shocked that she, she was got it. she was really really shocked and I think again that was probably because the show the series was canceled and she really didn't expect to win so I'm happy for her so yeah. congratulations Regina we actress. love you she is um and so just to piggyback off of that um what's the beef between Netflix and the world um according to variety AT&T's chairman and CEO Randall Stevenson stated that Netflix is like the Walmart of subscription video (laughs) while HBO is Tiffany and company Mm, okay okay so I found that statement really hilarious and sometimes people really take face face value for a lot of these CEOs and company heads when they just talk out of their ass excuse my um language (laughs) a lot of times because you know, they're haters and or they just don't want to see the wave of the next generation come through and knock their um, coins off the table, which is basically what Netflix is doing. Um, so what's funny to me is that within that same conference, he announced that AT&T will be launching their new direct model, basically streaming service. What Netflix is currently doing yeah. um, and they're partnering with HBO to have some of their content on their platform, which is why he threw basically Netflix under the bus and bigged up HBO. So that makes sense. Um, And so, and what was also funny that came out in that same conference is that someone stated that Walmart is a $486 billion, well, they made, sorry, $486 billion in revenue last year, which is 100 times more massive than the high-end Tiffany and company, which reportedly only made $4.1 billion in sales. Right. I think what he was trying to... <laughs> so, I mean, you do the math. Yeah, I think what he was trying to insinuate is that um, HBO is superior as far as original programming than Netflix. But that's just not true because no, Netflix yeah. um, has been pumping out continuous original programming. Like, every month they have something rolling out. Yep. And, um, and it's working. If the Emmys wasn't a, a telltale, exactly that you know is working, mm-hmm. then his statement kind of is just like a hate ass statement. Pretty much, because, you know that's that's trying, all I see. He's, he's trying just, to you know knock down the competition. He's just trying to co- knock down the competition. Yeah. And if they're partnering with HBO, and HBO is looking to um to be number one against Netflix. Now back in the day. Or we can say HBO was king in original programming. Absolutely. Because yeah. they had Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. They had... Um, all the comedy all specials. The, we talked about that before, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a lot of great original programming. But now there's so many choices. Yeah. Not only do you have Netflix, but we have Amazon, who mm-hmm. was the third biggest network to win at the Emmys. Mm. Right? And so... Huge. um 
I mean, they're a big competition, and they're they put, are. pumping out some some great good stuff. work. Yeah, I mean, you can't knock them, and that's the thing that infuriates me the most about these big companies is that they make these blanket statements to make it seem as if they're bigger than what they actually are, and it's it's not the truth. You know, they try to, yeah. and that's that's it, it irritates me. Just it really does. Cause um, look, and when Game of Thrones is done. This is the last season. I don't it know what is. HBO has. Right. They really, I don't know. What's they, their they next They don't have big... anything that's big as Game of Thrones. They now, really we don't. love Insecure, but mm-hmm. it's not putting out Game of Thrones numbers. No, not at all. Because so, that's universal crossover kind um, of appeal that they have. They better that. come with some programming that's not just seasonal. They need to be pumping out, continuing like a full yeah. slate of programming mm-hmm. throughout the year if they really want to be a Bible competition against the Netflix yeah, and the Amazon. Because Netflix took all of your comedy movie. specials. So, you know, they come, so, they're they coming for your neck. Yeah. Um, yeah, essentially. That's pretty much what's happening. You know, good try, Randall. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> sir. <you> hater. <laughs> all right. So, next on the plate, guys, just one more story for you that I found very cool. is that the National Museum of African American History and Culture will be hosting their first annual film festival October 24th through October 27th. Yeah. And during this, they said it's a celebration of African-American culture through the medium of film. So this is exciting. It and is. Yeah. So fun fact, I actually worked on the museum, what, two summers ago before it opened? Mm. Um, so I have a nice little special tie with that museum and a lot of the stuff that's in there. I worked on a lot of the video projects. But, oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, it was really, it was a lot of fun. And so I know they have the own theater inside. Yes. So I'm sure that's where they're going to be showing the the, uh, the films. Yes. Yeah, so festival. Netflix partnership with the um, museum is to screen Quincy Mm -hmm. which is going to debut on Netflix I think maybe this month okay yeah um by Rashida Jones it's about her father about Quincy Jones I can't wait to see um so they're screening that film um and this is supposed to be a biannual festival Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. I can't wait. Well, yeah, we need some more festival in the, festivals in this area because there's a lot of content out there. Like mm-hmm. we saw at the um, DC Black Film Festival yep. and just to have that, those same shows. And I think, honestly, when I was looking at the um, the content that's going to be there, some of the shows that we saw this summer will be there also, will be shown oh, at the cool. festival too. Okay, so I thought well, that was pretty great. cool too. I think... Um, uh, United States will be there. Yeah, okay. that documentary. So I thought that was pretty cool, and I'm glad they're making their rounds. Well, listen, all you filmmakers, get your material together yes. so you can have your films in mm-hmm. the program. Absolutely. Not this year, but the year following because yes. it's biannual. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, and that is it for the industry rundown. Cool. All right. <laughs> So today's spotlight, we are honoring writer, TV writer, Amanda Idoku, who is a writer for the animated series Central Park, but she's also written for um, ABC shows The Goldbergs and The Mayor. Oh, very cool. Mm -hmm. And Amanda is a young um, African-American girl Mm -hmm. writing in L.A., started this social media initiative called Hashtag Show Us Your Room. It encourages showrunners and writers to post photos of their writer's room. So she wants to see who's <laughs> actually walking the walk in terms of diversity and inclusion um, 
<laughs> and behind the scenes, yes, right? Put them on blast. Yeah, and, and that's essentially what she's doing. She's putting them on blast. Um, she says if you find yourself in a position that you're in an all white room, that that should be a wake up call for you. And she's encouraging writers and not just writers, but executives, studio executives, agencies, everyone in the boardrooms to show us their rooms, to mm-hmm. show us who's really um, including diverse voices into the decision-making processes um, there. Right. And, um, you know, she wants you to actively look for these diverse voices. So she's spearheading, leading that uh, go, initiative on social media. <laughs> um, it's hashtag show us your room. Um, she's organizing it with a unofficial subcommittee of the Writers Guild. Um, of black writers. Okay, so, nice. I'm excited, and I hope every well, I hope a lot of um, a lot of programming show us their rooms. Yeah, even absolutely. the ones that are all white. Yeah, just let us take a look. Yeah, unveil that curtain. We want to see behind. We want to see. <laughs> okay, and Amanda do too. So great job, Amanda. I think that was a very dope. Um, that is initiative, and I'm excited for Central Park. Yeah, what is that? The sen- <laughs> no, I think you're thinking about Central Park with Ava DuVernay. I am. Is that not the same one? No, this is an animated series. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm kind of excited for like, the Ava DuVernay. Sorry. And I, and I was looking at you and I was like, I'm like, really? wait a minute. I, was, I, I know she know about this. No, okay, and then Central I was Park- looking at you like, really? What is it? <laughs> okay. Okay, we had a moment. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, got it. Because I saw Central Park when I looked her up. I'm like, oh, she's working with Ava DuVernay on Central Park 5. But no. Okay, no, got it. No, All right. No, no, okay. no, no, She's still fantastic regardless. Still fantastic. Big ups, Amanda. <laughs> Big ups. Congratulations. <laughs> And we're back, and it's time for spoiler alert. Yes. (laughs) All right, you guys. So for spoiler alert this week, I have two films that I saw. One, A Boy, A Girl, and a Dream. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's in limited theaters. Very limited. Very limited. Very, very In the DMV area. It's only showing at one theater. It is. Because I I really wanted to go support and I wanted to go see it, but it was only showing in Oxen Hill today. And I didn't feel like driving out there today. Hard <laughs> to go see the movie. So, I'm sorry. I wasn't able to catch that one. Yeah, so A Boy, A Girl, in a Dream is a movie written and directed by Kasim Basir. And he is also, um, his fiance, Samantha Tanner, is also a co-writer on the show. Oh, cool. On the show. On, on the, the movie. On the film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's an independent film. Okay. Because honestly, I didn't hear anything about this thing until you, you mentioned it to me to go see it. And, and um, I didn't know anything about it until my boyfriend was like, oh, you want to go see this movie? I was like, what? <laughs> um... <laughs> On what movie? So, <laughs> so yeah, okay. So it's an independent film, very small cast. It features um, Omari Harvick and um, mm-hmm. Megan Good. Nice, nice. And it's a melancholy love story. Okay. 
Um, so let me give y'all just some plot points. This, um, it's like a, um, stranger meet Q, uh, the night of the 2016 presidential election. Interesting. So Amari's char character is Doomsday. a, I'm sorry, is <laughs> a club promoter <laughs> and, um, Megan Good's character, her name is Frida and she's. It's not really clear. She's just visiting or she tried. I don't know what the hell Frida doing. But Where anyway, are they at? Where is this taking place at? It's in LA. Okay. It's in LA. I don't know why I would think it would be in DC, but continue. Yeah, no, no, no. So the, the backdrop for the movie is in LA. Okay. And um, they meet one night. So it's just a one night movie and it's um, a single shot movie. Oh, okay. Which made it, it made it a little bit interesting. <sighs> Budget. Well, no, I don't. Restraints. I think that was no. I don't think that was um anything to do with budgeting. I just think that's just the, maybe the, the director's, director's um okay perspective. That's what he wanted to do. Was was a one shot movie, and okay. I mean, in some points it worked, and in some points I would would have rather not seen it. Like um, there were a couple of car scenes. And it just kind of got boring. Like, I feel like there could have been some variety in the shots there. Oh, yeah, because that can get kind of stale. Yeah. Was so, it? Yeah, okay, continue. Anyway, like I said, it's a melancholy love story. And it... <laughs> okay. Mm. You know, I have mixed feelings about it. <laughs> you let us know about them, girl. Okay, well, I have mixed up? feelings <laughs> about it. So, the producer of this film is uh, Datari Turner. And he's a, a pretty well-known... Um, film producer mm -hmm. in the industry um and Kasim himself I don't know have you seen Muslim with Nia Long no I haven't okay mm -mm. well he's a director and writer of that and that is also a melancholy movie to okay. me um <laughs> oh, I don't know y'all okay. <laughs> like okay I don't want to I don't want to say don't go see it we can we could wait till it comes on television. I mean, you know, you can streaming you to can, watch it. You can definitely save your coins because let me tell you, and y'all, this is bad. When I went to go see it, the guy. I, first of all, I was the only person in the theater. Yeah. And the young guy who was taking my ticket, he was like, uh, "You sure you want to see this? Did you see the trailer first? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why he was like because you know people don't like it and they um are essentially walking out or Ooh. you know complaining about it yikes but it wasn't that bad it's critically it's getting a lot of good reviews oh, okay that balances it i don't think the audience really likes it Okay, so this is my this is my thing with this, and this is why I couldn't go see it today. Again, it was only um, released in limited theaters, and it was too far for me to go watch it. But had they released this also on, on streaming service while it was in a the theater, I would have preferred to have the option to watch it at home. I don't know. I don't understand why they can't partner with a streaming service or maybe have it on their their personal platform to be able to be able to watch the content from your house because I would have watched it at home. No problem. Without, you know, especially something that wasn't heavily promoted or I had mixed reviews about, I would definitely watch it at home and pay you the money via your website to watch it. I would definitely do that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was the decision to do, limited release, but um, 
It's a, like I said, it's an independent film. But here's the thing too. <laughs> so, they had a lot of cameos. Like Kenya Barris was in there. Okay. Um, Kelly Stewart. Um, Wesley Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Who I love Wesley Jonathan. <laughs> Adrian Crockett. They were like, because, okay, so they meet outside this club. They go to the club. Then they take a lift somewhere to this house where they're watching the election results. And um, that's where all the black creative elites are playing themselves so kenya is playing himself um so it's essentially a love story where he amari's character is pushing um megan to fulfill her dreams as a dj and um okay she is encouraging him to push his dream as a filmmaker um, and this all is in one night. All in one night. Okay. And they got that deep. But see, this is the, like I feel like <laughs> I just don't think you know you get that deep in one night. And that's one. I think that was the like, problem huh? for me is like y'all are doing too much. It's too the combos are too deep for a first meeting. Yeah, that's it's already a heavy night because yeah. of the Trump election. Right. So it was talks about that. Um. In fulfilling and living your dreams and, and I was just like do you think it would have been cute as a short story or something like yes. cut it down okay it sounds like it would have been really great for a short story because you know honestly I was bored oh yeah yeah but even if the, even though the conversations were deep I felt like they lacked depth and I almost felt like in the beginning it was a lot of improv like they oh, were just probably yeah i wouldn't be surprised like oh no when you get a lot of creatives in the room like that i think you just let them kind of be themselves especially if it's like an independent film you guys are kind of going off the hem with things or just some ideas throwing them out there to see what you guys get so probably i wouldn't be surprised yeah okay so this was one funny aspect about the movie i told you her character wanted to be a dj yeah okay so my idea of a DJ mm-hmm. is somebody who's scratching. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. That's a DJ. Yeah, I would think so. Not someone who's creating playlists. Uh, so he... What? Wait a minute. So wait, she works with Spotify or something or no, Apple like, or, you know, what? She doesn't work for anyone. I think she's like a lawyer. I'm I'm pretty sure she is a lawyer. Her nine to five is a lawyer, but she wanted to be a DJ. So he's like, "Oh, you wanted to be a DJ? Let me let me. I know you got some stuff. Let me see." And so she was like, "Oh, you know, you know, when I'm with my family and we're gathering, I just love to get my Bluetooth speaker and just put on some jams and you know something for them to feel good." And so she plays this playlist for him, which we don't get to hear. But he was like, oh, that's good. That's good. So I'm thinking initially, oh, she must have been scratching, making transitions, doing some real dope stuff, right? right? Yeah. Aunt Aunt Brown. (laughs) (laughs) So she, okay, they're at the Trump election party, right? And um, she turns off, she does not know these people. These are his friends. Right? Mm -hmm. She turns off the TV. Mid-election viewing. Hmm. And of course, everybody's like, what are you doing, blah, blah, blah. 
She was like, y'all, I just think we just need to, we need to forget about that. And just, we need something that's going to make us feel good for the moment. Like, let's just forget about all of that and <sighs> do it. Like, yeah. And so she starts playing some music, but she plays only one song. I'm thinking I'm going to hear this amazing ass dope DJ set. Right. Nah. Girl. It was a song. What was song was it? I don't even a clear know the song? song. I don't know. I don't even know the okay. song. But yeah. it was funny. I was like, huh. girl. You could save that. You could right. save that. I don't know. I don't, I felt like we could have gave her another aspiration than a DJ. Yeah. Something else. A DJ. So, okay. And then <laughs> the guy, his the character's name is was Cass. This is Omari's character? Yeah, this uh-huh. is Omari's character. He's a filmmaker, but I don't know. It's not really clear why he did not pursue um, this film he made at UCLA, make it into a feature film. Mm-hmm. He must have only created a short. And it must be so great <laughs> that everybody is pushing him to do it because Wesley Jonathan was like, are you going to, at the end he was like, are you going to do what's right? Are you going to push yourself to keep fighting? And this guy came up to him. He was like, oh, you so-and-so, everybody still talks about your film at UCLA. And so apparently he makes this dope-ass film that nobody has ever seen or he's not making into a feature. He shows her either a trailer or a short clip of it. It must be so good because she's crying. Oh, okay. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Am I convincing y'all to go see it? No, you're not. Um, and what I can't say was was what I find also funny is that even when you told me about this movie, I didn't even watch the trailer. I didn't either because I wanted to kind of be surprised. Oh, okay. About the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you know, well, the good thing is, <laughs> Kasim and Samantha are engaged, mm-hmm. and um, I do think that they are planning to write more together in That's the future. Good. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I saw an interview with them together, and initially, the film was just going to be about um, Cass, Omari's mm-hmm. character right. only, mm-hmm. and she added in. The um, perspective of, of, the, of the female yeah, Frida. Female okay, um, that's interesting. Which, um, I don't even know if it was needed. No, it was needed because I, I'm I'm pretty sure if that wasn't needed, then um, wasn't included in the script. It would have been a little bit more boring. It was just boring. Okay, all right. It was boring. I hate to say it, though. I mean, but, you know, it happens. And we need to be honest about, you know, critiquing films and, you know, giving our honest opinion about it. Because sometimes it falls flat. Yeah. And, you know, it's okay. They can do better next time. We'll keep an eye out. Right? That's why I said the critics, some critics are pretty much loving it. Like, it got good marks on Variety, good marks on um, Deadline. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, I... uh, did anybody else see a boy a dream? A girl a boy a dream? Let us know if you saw that. Um, I'm, I'm going to take a guess and say no. No, only because, it, again, it was in li- limited theaters. Like, it just, it wasn't shown everywhere. And it's very difficult to try to find this film to go see it. 
And after today, I don't think it's going to be in theaters at all. Oh, well, who knows how long it's going to be in there. Anyways, yeah. that was that. <laughs> <laughs> we're done with that one. We were done with them. So the other film that um, I saw was on Netflix. Napoli Ever After? Yeah, highly anticipated that? Napoli Ever After. Yes, I absolutely did see it. I was excited and couldn't wait to um, watch it because it's been a buzz for, I would, I feel it's been a buzz for almost a year. Because mm-hmm. Sanaa did this a while ago when she debuted her, her bald haircut. head yeah, mm-hmm. um, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it was like this time last summer mm-hmm. that she did it. Um, so I was, I knew she was working on the film, knew that that was going down, but I just didn't know the premise of the movie or like the backstory. So I was really excited and couldn't wait to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, so Napoli Ever After um, is a book by mm-hmm. Trisha Thompson. Not Thompson. Trisha Thomas. <laughs> um, so now Lathan is a EP. Okay, cool. The movie. That's yep. nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool. The screenplay was done by Gina Prince Bly- Blythewood. Oh, the same. That's the... Um, From Love and Basketball. Love and Basketball and, and um, the B movie. Not not the B movie, but um, with Queen Latifah and Alicia Keys. Um, oh, The Secret Life the of Bees. The Secret Life of Bees. Yeah. And then that mm-hmm. other cute movie that I really like... Um, with Goo Goo. Oh, uh, I can't think of the name of the movie. Y'all, I just had that movie in my head. Oh, I know it's something with lights. Yeah, y'all know what we talking. You about. know what we're talking about. Lights. I love that movie. And um, Nathan uh, Parker. Yes. Yeah, Nate Parker. Yeah, Nate Parker. Um, I just can't think of it. It's on the tip of Beyond. our tongue. Crap. We're gonna get it, guys. Beyond the lights. Beyond the lights. Yes. Thanks, Love that Google. movie. That was so good. <laughs> Thanks, Google. Love it. Um, so she wrote the screenplay for for the movie. The okay. writers um were a couple of um white folks, but despite that, <laughs> Sanaa Lathan playing Violet, mm-hmm. Whitfield playing her mother, Will her um I guess new. Love interest. Love interest. I've never uh, seen him before. Yes, you have this. His name is Lyric Bent, and he was in um, She's Gotta Have It. What? Really? That was him? Yes. He looks completely different. You think so? Wait, you're talking about the one that's on Netflix, right? The remake? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was the British guy on that one, her little love interest, the photographer. Oh, girl, no, I'm not talking about Captain Lightskin. Oh, who are you talking about? Who was he? <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't recall this guy. I thought this is a man I've just seen. I'm like, oh, he's someone new. No, I was talking about the hairdresser. Oh, okay. Oh, got it. Yeah. He played Jamie Overstreet. Got it. On, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's got to have it. Got it. Yeah. I thought you were talking about her other love interest. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I. Yeah. I know anything about Anyway. <laughs> so, what did you think? Stream or skip? Stream. I think, um, yeah, I, I would say stream. How about you? Yeah. I mean, it's cute or whatever. I thought um, it was cute. It's cute. I, um, it kind of. We feel in some type of way when you yeah, say Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to take it because it's definitely a chick flick. Um, because I try to watch it with, um. Uh, Bay and um, it just he zoned out after a good 15 20 minutes into it. 
Because he predicted pretty much everything that was going to happen <laughs> prior to it happening. So I was like, well, you know, I'm going to watch it through because I don't think you all the way there with everything. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, um, it was it was interesting to say. I mean, I liked I liked the fact that it was a fresh film on Netflix. You know, it was, you know, something different. I felt like it lacked any real depth. Like, to me, it's hard to do um, book adaptations. That's true. Because yeah. you you miss a lot of details. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was a lot of holes yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. As far as character development. Like, to me, it just did not... Like, I would have wanted to see more um, romantic interests between Violet and Will. Like, to me, there was no chemistry between them. And it just seemed like, okay, because yeah. she went to his house to go give the dress to um, yeah. Zoe. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, from that one interaction, interaction, then they started dating. Which seems out of character for her, because in the beginning of the movie, yeah. she was so put together, so perfect, right. you know, very proper. And then it's like, you cut your hair, and now you... You're this liberated woman that's... It yeah, just, just wasn't... It was too much of an extreme. I wish I could have seen, like, a gradual progression of her accepting herself in that way. Yeah, I think the focus should have been more so on her versus the love interest. Like... I, I now would have I, That really, would have made more sense. But I'm assuming that's what the book is about. Yeah, I'm sure. That's what it is, yeah. But I'm, maybe the book has more... Is equally both an empowerment move you know, book and then also about um, self-love and mm-hmm. then also romantic love. Yeah. Um, the whole thing, I am not my hair and right. I am, you know, love yourself. and The was, natural hair movement. That um, was cute. Um, yeah, it was. And I got the message. But, I did too. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It fell flat for me also. I liked the movie, but, I mean, what I you know, watch it again. No, it's not something I would, you know, watch over and over again and it's not like yeah, no, I just... Yeah, it, no, it's a, I'm not streaming it. Yeah, anymore. I'm not... I mean, I think it's cute if you, your girlfriends after brunch Sunday, you know, you want to sit down and watch the movie, watch it. But, I mean, um, it just wasn't something that I, I felt attached to in a sense. It just... It did fall flat for me also. I can't pinpoint exactly what it was that it didn't do for me, but it's just... It didn't... Yeah, it didn't capture me, my spirit, the way it should have. <laughs> the way I wanted it to, at least. Yeah. It tried, though. Yeah, it did. It tried. The good, so the cool, interesting thing about the film was the director um, is Saudi Arabian-American. Okay. Haifa Al-Mansur. Um, and so she also is directing, or she directed Mary Shelley about um, the author of Frankenstein. Okay, cool. Yeah, so... Um, I thought that it was cool that the female was director and she was a person of color. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the shots, I believe, was it this one that I was watching that I found really interesting? Um, the angles that they used and um, some of the shots were beautiful. Do you know where this was filmed at? Do you happen to know? I don't. Because that garden that they went to was amazing. Oh, they yeah, had their date. I was like fascinated with that. I was like, I wonder where they shot that at. It was, it was gorgeous. It was shot very nicely. It was. Very... Um, romantic comedy yeah yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. definitely it was um i just didn't understand okay from what is her the main love interest in her the name of him again that character ron ron 
how he didn't like the fact that she was so put together at the end of the film, right? And then he asked said, her to straighten her hair, girl, at the end. Girl, girl I was over it. I said, say what? Because your parents? Girl. What? I was so, I was like, really, dude? Like, really? Girl. That's how you feel? I was, okay. Mm, like, okay. All right. I peeped that, too. I was like, really? Mm. And the disgust that was on his face when she jumped in that pool. Girl. I looked, I was like, oh. Did you think that was disgust? Or I thought it was more of a, he knew it was over for him. It seemed like disgust to me. It seemed like he mm. was just over because he was so adamant about this is it has to be perfect everything has to be perfect you know he was really particular about that and his parents and this whole facade that he wanted her to put on for him and then when she did that he just looked it, it seemed like disgust to me versus oh it's over because he didn't look sad he looked pissed mm-hmm. in my opinion so yeah i just and you know another part i didn't necessarily care for in the film was her um, leaving her job? Like I just felt like that was knee, like a knee jerk reaction. I can see that though. But it was like, it was a knee jerk reaction. But she was going through a lot. She was, but it didn't seem like she was unhappy with her job. I don't know. But I mean, when she, but, I know she wanted to do more than just beauty. But that, but that scene where that, okay, come on, girl. Like, you know that you've been in a situation like that before. In this scene where she's in the boardroom, she's doing her pitch, yeah. and she has all the the props and everything that you could possibly come with to kind of give this great presentation. And then on the other side of the table, we have these two <laughs> men sitting there, and they just blurt off this, like, idea, and then, boom, they get the account. Yeah, like that's just a smack in the face overall. And in my opinion, like even her coworker kind of envied her when she just quit out the blue. Just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like she just had enough yeah. of it. And she was also like, in that that was the beauty industry that she was in. And the fact that she had um kind of cut her hair and kind of stripped the emotion or the fact of being perfect in this perfection image that she was portraying mm-hmm. um at her job. Yeah, it just. Yeah, I could see her quitting. But then she went back in the end, though. How did she get her job back? Because her and No, the... I don't think she got her job back. I think she went to um, work for um, herself, maybe. That's what I assumed, that oh, she was in okay. business for herself. And she was pitching, pitching that idea. the products to, okay. um, to companies. Okay, yeah, maybe that's, that's what, what I was thinking. I was confused. I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. She go back to work or something? Like, I don't get that, but yeah. okay. You know what? I thought the, the shot of... Um, her shaving her head was well done. And I mm-hmm, thought that was Sanaya did a great job doing that. Because it was like a mix of desperation mm-hmm. slash I'm drunk, this is funny. Yeah. And slash like it was a lot of emotion in that shot. And I thought she um, she did pretty good in that. Yeah, absolutely. I think she did a great job um, overall in the film itself. Um it, it was it that was a powerful scene to yeah. watch um and then just seeing her hair transform from one thing to another to another throughout the whole film mm-hmm. um was very interesting and i liked that transition so that was pretty cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well okay so yeah, guys go ahead if you haven't seen napoli ever after stream it on netflix it's mm-hmm. check it out it's a nice little rom-com and chick flick yeah. Yeah. Let us know what y'all think. Mm-hmm. You can always email us. Absolutely. At blackandbehindthescenes at gmail.com or post on our Instagram or Facebook feed. Even um, we might read your comments 
Absolutely. on Instagram because I have a comment. Oh, okay. We posted um, <laughs> our conversation about random acts of flyness. Mm-hmm. And someone put Fat Project Pat on Instagram put... Yeah, that show is way left field. I watched two episodes and I was like, yeah, I can't watch this sober. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't see um, that one coming. We went you, Fat um, Pat. Yeah, we, yeah, we totally get <laughs> Fat it. Project Pat. Yeah. yeah, Random Acts of Flyness is definitely something that um is left field. But I think it's really dope and I really like it. And I can't wait to season two. I just, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So... If you have comments, questions, concerns, thoughts, email us again at blackandbehindthescenes at gmail.com or hit us up on all social media platforms, Mm -hmm. Black and Behind the Scenes. Yep. And until next time, guys, I'm Antoinette. And I'm Brittany. And thank you for listening.